These are Grindstaff Publishing audio files. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Grindstaff Publishing podcast. It is uh, Friday the 13th, 2020. Um, my day has gone well. It is uh, currently 9 o'clock p.m., so my day is almost over. Um, hopefully anyone listen, listening to this had a really good Friday the 13th. I've always found it as a nice, you know, kind of buck the system, and uh, I I like it. I, 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 and plus it was rainy today. There was a crazy storm last night, so... Everything kind of came together in this perfect storm, literally, of, um, of Friday the 13th. So jumping into it, this is a big chapter because it um, deals with Czech Republic, which was formerly called, and um, now it's called Chechnya. So in the book, I named the chapter Chechnya, but I kind of referred to it as Czech Republic in the, in the bulk of the chapter, the body of the chapter. So it's kind of interchangeable in my mind because it, it, it was a pretty, um, pretty recent change. I think it happened a couple of years after I, I uh, left Europe, so... Um, sometimes I'll slip and say Czech Republic, but on, on the map it is Chechnya. Um, this this um, episode will hope, hopefully be a cool look at like a place that I never thought I would go. Um, Chechnya, you know, it, it's it's below Poland on the map. It's uh, you know technically part of Eastern Europe, but it's just amazingly crazy cool country. has has its own currency. It's in a great spot. The, the, the trees and, and the leaves in the fall, absolutely amazing. Um, so if you ever have a chance to go to Chechnya, definitely do it. Um, the first the first town I went to in uh, Chechnya was uh, Bjorno, B-R-N-O. Um, and again, there's this common theme that nothing was planned. And so I, you know, I, I just went from uh, Krakow, Poland, and then kept looking at the line. And I was okay, well, I can go to Giorno, I can go to Prague, and then I can go to these couple little, little smaller places, and then, then I go go down to um, Austria. Um, so Giorno is is in the northern part of Czechia, um, pretty small, pretty small place, you know, you know, in relation to like Prague or something. Um, has a crazy astronomical clock there, looks like a giant penis. Um, has a has an old castle. It has Europe's second largest ossuary, which an ossuary is a place where they have bones. Think the Paris catacombs. Um, and so I didn't know any of that until I got there. Was there, was there in, in a party hostel, which again, I didn't know. I should have looked, looked into that. Um, but it all went great. I, I have my own giant room. Um, it was kind of like that overcast gray weather of fall that I love. And uh, it was just awesome. So in, in, in one day, like basically the, the next day uh, after I got there, um, saw the big old penis clock. Um, didn't really understand what the hell it was. I don't think anyone, anyone really understands it. Um, and then uh, went to um, a Sherlock Holmes infused pub, which basically just an English pub. They had a giant picture, or giant like cutout of Sherlock Holmes smoking his meerschaum pipe up there. And basically, it, it was like a it was an English style pub situated in Poland or in um, Czechia. So when I was there, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I had a beer, I had some lunch, and then I, I realized that I was almost literally on top of the the second largest ossuary in Europe, and so. Um, I was like, oh, well, that's cool. And so I'd already planned on going to the Paris Catacombs. So I was like, oh, well, I should go here. And so the Paris Catacombs has 6 million people buried in it, within it. Um, the Bjorno one has about 50,000. 
So, and that's the second, the second largest. So it, it really shows how just ridiculously giant the Paris one is. But as far as like, you know, a museum, it was awesome because you, it, it's, it's, it's in the, basically the, the underground part of a church. Um, so you go underground, you get into this very dimly lit place, um, candles, you know, kind of eerie music playing. And um, not only are there bones of, of, you know, real people that had died many, many, many centuries ago. Um, it, it's this really cool thing because um, the ambiance is great. You kind of just walk through it. It's not very big, but um, you, you kind of follow the story of, of the, the, type, the typewritten thing in, in, in your hand. And so you go and you first see this, this like mound of like 50 skulls, a pile of skulls. And so it was my first time um, really seeing that kind of thing. And, and it just seemed pretty, just very European, very much like, wow, this is, this is like, this is like a, a thing that happens here. Um, and so that was the first time I learned that, um, that not, not always, but in a, in a layman typical thing, um, if, a, if a skull from the medieval times is tinted red, um, it's probably likely that the person died of the plague. And so just in that pile of bones, there are probably 10 or 15 that were tinted dark, dark red. Um, some had, you know, holes in their heads, in their skulls, missing teeth, uh, and, you know, just, just standing there for a bit. And, and I was totally alone. Like there is the guy behind the counter that had, was completely full of apathy, didn't give a crap, and me. So I, I was just walking around this museum. Um, it, it, was, it was one of the few up until then that I actually paid for to get into. Um, and it was this perfect, you know, mortality thing where you're thinking about your own life. You're looking at these people that had died, you know, many, many years ago. Um, and so they look, look at the skulls. You know, then then they went from like being a pile of bones to being artistic, and so then it went to in the middle of this big room that was again candle lit, eerie music going. They had constructed this giant vase out of femurs and tibias and, and all kinds of parts of the bone, the skeletons. Um, there were statues everywhere. Um, the walls of the place were were like this this wall of bone, uh, just bones everywhere. Behind it, there were just, you know, bones as far as you could see. It was dark. It didn't smell. It was, it was kind of musty a little bit, but it was, it was a very oddly peaceful place because it was definitely a museum. It, it felt like a museum. It felt like, a, like an art museum. It felt like an art exhibit. And sometimes it was hard. And, and like the probably the hour I was there to be like, these are real people. These are either people that actually lived a long time ago. They saw stuff. They died. And because of, you know, whatever reason happened, um, probably because of the, the plague and then cemeteries got over, overfilled and then, you know, with any places to go. And so they decided to dig a big old, you know, area and then dump the bones there. Um, so that was, that was amazing. It was, uh, it was such an eye opening mortality, you know, creativity thing. It was fantastic. Um, from there, I went up a, a giant hill to the, the Spielberg castle, which is this really beautiful, you know, red brick, big, um, big Czech um, castle sitting on top of a hill overlooking all of Bjorno, which is, again, so interesting because it's happened so often with European cities that i found is that, you know, you have the Old Town District, which is a historical district, which is all of Tursar, and it's, you know, kept like a museum. It, it's it's tried, they try so hard to keep it as it, as it was. And once you get out of that, you get into normal places. You get into apartment buildings. You get into places that aren't historical, and you get into places that look like people, places people live in because they do. 
And so it was, it was really cool to be up there and, you know, be standing, standing at a castle, looking out into the old town, looking past that into the, the residential area people were just hanging out in. And um, after that, saw a bunch of people play some music um, and then just kind of had a, a, a really nice time, you know, went, went back and um, kind of hung out at my hostel. The, the following morning was when I first started doing my, um, my, my writing regime. And, um, it was, it was when I first started, started to really think about calling myself a writer because people always ask, well, you know, what, what do you do back in America or whatever? So I was like, oh, well, you know, I, I, I work in beer, you know, this stuff. Um, but then, you know, it had been a dream since I was, I was a little kid to be a writer, like to be a real writer. And, you know, I, like, like any predominantly male people that want to be writers, you look at Hemingway and his exploits and traveling around and just doing that whole like almost newspaper journalism kind of writing where you know you're, you're always on the move you, you you have a bag you never fully unpack you never really have a home you're just kind of always going always living that creative style you're hard drinking you're hard moving and so it, it, it all kind of really felt like that was going to be my identity you know I, I mean because I was doing that I was I was jotting down notes I was making uh, you know a daily journal for God knows what um, I was taking photographs that were high quality images that I thought were awesome. And there is no end game. There is no, there is no thing that I was like, Hey, well, this is going to be for this. This writing is going to be into a book. This, this, these photos are going to be into a book. And there's nothing like that. It was like, I, I have been working on the Alaska novel off and on for the better part of like a couple of years. Um, and so it was on my tablet. So, okay, well, let's just, let's get this thing done. Like what, what better story than to write the book while traveling in Europe? doing what I always wanted to do, be a writer. And so I started having this thing where every morning I wanted to get up at, at eight o'clock, be typing on that damn thing and like working through that novel and like getting the Alaska novel ready. So when I got back to America, I could publish that book. And then the European um, story would be like a, a, a side thing. Like, oh yeah, well, I, I wrote this book while traveling in Europe. Um, so that I started doing it in Bjorno, started writing. People are kind of curious, like, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you t- typing away while I'm trying to sleep? And so after I left from, from Bjorno, I went to um, Prague. Prague is amazing, fantastic, stunning. No word is good. Um, it's just, it, it's a giant museum. Like the architecture, the Gothic nature of it. Um, it it's, it's just beautiful. It, it, it is like, it is, when you go into the old town, the end of the historical district, and you walk amongst the buildings, and you feel like, and you're on the cobblestones. You feel like you are in a time machine. You're 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 just not in the year you were. You're in. You're not in the 21st century. Um, and part of the reason why is because I just could be totally wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure this is what I, I I was told and what I what I carry with me is that because during World War or before World War, World War II, um, Hitler, who was an artist himself, um, take your pick of how good of an artist he was, but he was an artist. He thought of himself as an artist. He was infatuated with with Prague, and so he he thought that would be his headquarters once once you know Germany rolled over everybody else, and the, and, the, and the Third Reich was like the supreme ruler of the world, and he could have a headquarters there. And so because of that, and his love for Prague, and the architecture, and everything about it, and the art, and the art, he didn't want anything touched by bombs or any kind of thing like that. He didn't want anything destroyed during World War II. So whereas you know places in Poland were just devastated, totally taken off the map. Um, 
Prague remained this beautiful bastion of like this perfect, this perfect area that he thought he wanted to go. Obviously, time you know history didn't didn't wasn't wasn't too great for Hitler. Um, so Prague kind of just lucked out. Like the they have like this amazing architecture, this beautiful, you know, stunning beauty everywhere. And it was fantastic, but also it is a it is a humongous city, and all the pitfalls that go along with that, and being a, a, a cheap traveler within that, going to hostels and being around people that want to experience that type of um, of travel, it's exhausting because you know the average person, that, the the average young person that goes to Prague is there to party. They, they they want to meet people, they want to meet people they're into, they want to drink, they want to club, they want to do that, and so I was kind of. I was kind of, you know, a little bit hesitant about, you know, what I was going to, who I was going to meet in um, Prague. So I, I walked through the, the beautiful historical district and got to my, um, I guess you call it like a one-star hotel. Cause it wasn't a hostel per se, but it's like a, like a hotel thing. I, I opened the door and there is this old, probably seventies, um, year old Japanese guy with, uh, with wooden sandals on clicking away. And, um, I was like, Oh my God, this is not what I thought. So, um, that was cool. You know, just to see this guy that I was asking to find some like, oh, bro, what's up? And I got this old Japanese guy. So what what luck to have it as a roommate. Quickly, me and the Japanese guy um, got to talking and he was so cool, amazingly cool. And it turns out that um, he was from Japan. He worked in the government for a long, long time, decades. And then he retired. And so on on his retirement, um, he got this pension. So every year he gets paid um, like everyone, most people do. Um, but really soon after he retired, his wife died, his wife of many decades or a few decades passed away. And so he's like, well, I could, um, you know, stay here in Japan and just kind of get old and die or I can do something about it. And so he decided to, um, to travel. And so for four years at that point, he had been traveling around with his wooden sandals, a very small backpack with very few clothes, a very small tablet and a journal. And his goal, he told me, was to travel to the capital of every country in the world. And so um, it was incredible. So talking to him, he didn't say much. There was definitely like a, a very strong accent, language barrier situation going on between us. But we talked for a better part of an hour, just him talking about what he's done, why he did it, kind of like the, the meaning behind his traveling about not, it's not about, you know, the, the superfluous stuff is about the what it means to you and about the small things about the non-materialistic things that you experience the people you meet um, this, this is very wise man that I just was like oh my god this guy's not who I thought I was going to meet in Prague and then almost like a light switch just boop and then in come in these like these three super broy like early 20s Russian guys and after them like these three you know like really really good looking you know, party heavy, um, U- Ukrainian girls were there. Everyone was like, I'm like getting drunk and like doing this stuff and like drinking everything. And I was like, man, I just want to be with this Japanese guy and hang with this guy. Um, and then, you know, that, that night I was kind of like, just kind of off put by everybody. I was like, I don't want to be with these people. Um, so I was kind of, kind of hold up and like writing a little bit. The next day I, I explored Prague, did, did a really, really awesome walking tour. Um, and just got got what I wanted out of it. I um, I didn't really meet many people there. I just walked miles and miles and miles. I, I, I wish I had some kind of tracker on just to see how many miles I walked per day. 
um, but a lot, so many miles, and, and just saw so many things and saw I me mean, beautiful, beautiful architecture, um, and didn't really have many stories to tell about Prague because it was just me walking around, enjoying the company of myself, the accents around me, um, the the beautiful fall foliage that was going on everywhere, the architecture, the walking tour, it was all just really cool. Um, after like a couple days in Prague, um, I was looking at the map, I was like, oh, well, I know I want to go to Vienna, um, but I have to go, you know, pretty far south. So instead of just doing one giant bus ride or whatever down, I should try to figure out some a couple, you know, little towns to stop in. And so looking at the map, I saw that only like I mean an hour or so, uh, bus ride, very cheap bus ride down was this this town of like a hundred thousand people called uh, Cheske um, Budajovic. And so I was like, yeah, let's do that. So I got to Cheske Budajovic. Um, and then it was just amazing. It was, it felt, it, well, it was the exact opposite of Prague. It was very, it was very small in comparison. Um, it, it was very, very little travelers, very little tourists, um, a lot of locals, um, heavy accents, not many people speaking English. It was a struggle. It was um, one of the first struggles I had where I was like, man, these people don't understand me and they shouldn't like they, I'm in their, I'm in their town. I'm in their home. Um, so I was like, it was put, put me in my, my place really fast. Like, damn, I have to really try to, to, to get what I want. And so I was just walking around the, the town. The, the old town district has this giant square and it really is a square. Um, and the center of it is, is a, um, is a big, uh, fountain. And then around the square are these beautiful pastel colored Baroque buildings. Um, and it, it is like, all these different Easter egg looking colored um, buildings and just beauty, beauty, beauty. All cobblestones. Um, I got my fill of the um, of, of the architecture of the scenery. It's okay. We'll just go find my hostel and see what kind of dump it is. I I turned the corner of this like kind of winding cobblestone laden, you know, alleyway and like a movie. Um, there's a bicycle. There's the yellow pastel colored hostel with a little sign that says hostel in it. I walk in and it is a bar and I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is, this is my dream. Like this is my dream when I was laying, you know, on God knows whose bed back in, you know, back in America when I was like homeless for those couple months looking up and be like, this is worth it. This is worth it. This is worth it. It'll get better. You're doing this for a reason. I was thinking about this place and I walk in and it's this old wooden bar, wood smoke, is kind of latent and just kind of smells a little bit of it. Um, this heavy accented woman that did not understand any English at all, um, helped me through a lot of series of hand gestures. We kind of got checked in and this big old bearded guy named Jean and came over and uh, he spoke English, very broken English. And so he kind of showed me around. It was this big old bar, um, tavern situation. So big old wooden bar with a big fireplace and and wooden kind of pew like seats with with a, with benches and it was oh amazing and so he's like, okay well let's go to your room he opened up this like basically hidden passage in the, in the wall this up this uh this kind of spiraled staircase a little bit get to this top part was kind of like a, like a flat or an apartment split off in two um, one was housing this couple and then then uh, he's like this is all yours um you know we're in a, we're in our slow slow part of the season. So it's more likely that you're not going to see anybody with you. So this entire room is yours. So an, an eight, an eight bunked, um, 
an, an eight bunked hostel room was mine, um, all to myself. Um, there's a shower there. There is um, a window that, that had like a um, red roses at, in a flower box outside the window. You open the window, look down on the cobblestones with the pastel colored buildings. It was it was heaven. It was it was perfect. And so it was that minute I was okay. I'm hunkering down here. I, this is there's no better time to be a writer than now. And so from that minute, I started calling myself a writer. Like if someone asked me what I did, I'm a writer. I write books. And um, I took I took a shower and I was like I feel clean. I went to the store and I got some beer and, and energy drinks and like salty stuff and some food. And I hunkered down and for like the, the next like 24 hours I just wrote. I watched a documentary on Hemingway. I wrote in the Alaska novel. I wrote notes about what I did and so so far in the trip um and it was just perfect it was so cool um and i kind of spent that writing time um kind of all alone i you know after a couple hours of writing i would kind of walk around and you with my scarf and it was just like it was it was all it was so overdone like yes i was a writer and that part wasn't overdone but like i was just basking in that realization that i could do it i, I could be a writer i could you know it was possible to do that life. Um, and then John kept like, would have seen me every once in a while. Like, Oh, you should come and have drinks with us later or whatever. I was like, no, I have to be a writer. I have to write. Um, and so then the final night I was, I was going to stay there. Cause I stayed an extra night actually, cause I was just so in love with it. The final night I was like, okay, fine. I, this is my last night here. Uh, let's do it. Let, let, let's, let's drink with John. After a couple hours, I went downstairs. Um, I had my, my notebook and my scarf and I was like, Oh, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a writer. I'm going to go drink with the locals, I guess. And so pedantic as hell, I found a spot. I, I, I waved over to John. Um, I I had a beer come to my, my table. And I started, and there's like a raging fireplace. The entire bar was full of people just bursting out check. Um, it was so awesome. And I, I had a big old stein of um, Budweiser Budvar, which is, which, is, which is where Budweiser comes from. Um, and then, so that was what made the, the town famous. And so I had a big old pint of that. Um, and the, the wood fireplace was going, people were laughing and talking. I was drawing down notes and then Jean comes over to me and he's like, you should come with us and, you know, drink with us over here. And so I was like, okay, well, let's, let's just do it. Put the, put the journal away, went over and it was a uh, Jean and then like these three other beard, big old bearded guys just heavy accents, some, some little bit of English. And we just started drinking, um, just beer, beer, beer. Jean paid for everything. Um, between, between the beers, we, he, uh, we kept doing shots of like this almond flavored liquor, liquor. Um, it was, it wasn't like crazy strong, but it wasn't, wasn't weak. And so it was like pint of beer and then shot pint of beer and shot. And these are big boys. These are big dudes. And I, and I was a traveler not eating a whole lot of food. And so I got my ass kicked. Um, but it was fantastic. It was so much fun. Um, just laughing and telling stories. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter where we were from. It just like, just a bunch of guys drinking in a bar. We could have been anywhere in the world. Um, and, it, and like once once a bar closed down for the night, everyone was like, oh, this is amazing. We hugged each other. And um, I somehow found my, found my way up the stairs into bed and just conked out. The next morning, I was rough. 
rough, rough shape, just bad. Um, hungover as hell. Um, kind of set up, set up in my, in my in my bunk and just like, oh my god, what the hell? Um, but I, I had a bus leaving within hours, and so I was like, oh man, shit. So I got up, pulled myself together, um, you know, pounded down in, in, in an energy drink and try try to get going. Um, was expecting to see people downstairs, and I, I and I opened the door and found my way down. It was like eight o'clock. It wasn't like super early, or maybe it was like nine o'clock, and and the bar was completely dark. Chairs on, on the on the tables. There's not a soul to be seen, and I was like, I have this key, so um, I put it on the bar and I left, locked the door behind me. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm, I'm set. And um, I, I kind of stumbled along the cobblestones, found my way to the bus, and was headed south again. I took took a little little nap. It wasn't that far from town to town. Took a little nap on, on the coach bus, and um, came into Chesky Kromlov with a pretty bad headache, and was immediately just floored about the beauty. I thought Chesky Bojovic was 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 incredible, museum like. Chesky Kromlov is it's it's a heritage site, and, and it really it should be. It, it it's it's absolutely everything a heritage site should be. Um, it. Just incredible. Uh, we we got off the bus. We went down a, a big hill, and the en- the entire old town was laid out in like the most medieval postcard fashion you could think of. Up top was a castle. There is a um, a pink tinted church up on a different hill. Um, cobblestones and accents galore, and old buildings and just everything you could ever think about was in this this tiny little hamlet. Um, and it was just so crazy to look back and think Jorna was more of like a more modern with like a, oh, and here's a historical district. Prague is Prague. Prague is huge. It's like, it's like, it's like New York city. If it was ancient, oh, not ancient, obviously, but medieval. Then you went to Chesky Budajovic and that was a place that was like more my personal thing. And it was this old place. And then you went to Chesky Kromlov and it's just this museum. It, it's, it's a museum. It's a living museum. People live in this town, but it's a museum. Um, so I just, my headache goes away. I'm like instantly sobered up and I just started trekking, trekking, trekking. And it, it didn't take very long. And I was already up to the castle, went around it, um, went went down uh, amongst the old town. Um, we did in and out of alleyways and saw people and tourists and um, went to like a, a, this old brewery along the river and then found my hostel. The hostel was really cool. It's like almost like a spa environment. There was no spa there, but it felt like a, like a, like a place you'd find at a retreat. Kind of strange, but really nice. Um, I, I walk in and there are these, um, these two 21-year-old guys. One's Australian, one's New Zealand. And um, they're just like watching a, a rugby game. And it's like, these guys are cool. And of course, they wanted to drink. So that night, we drank even more. Um, the, 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 my final day in uh, Czech Republic or Czechia, um, was just by, by myself, started off with writing and, uh, it was like a little bit drizzly and rainy, gray clouds. And, and I walked out of the city, um, and kind of a little more into the, into the country area. That was, that was really cool. Uh, came back, um, circled again. Uh, and then nighttime, I found myself at this, uh, it's called a traveler's restaurant or a traveler's pub. And, um, Got a table right next to the raging fireplace. The entire area was, um, or the entire entire restaurant was just full of people, just talking and laughing and drinking. Um, I had this big old meal. I, I just kind of kind of splurge because the money goes further in Chechnya. Our money does. And um, 
just big old meal, big old beer, journaling next to this fireplace and just drunk with just happiness and fulfillment and being like, I'm on the right direction, man. Like this is what I wanted to do. Like I've, I, I made it past Reed. I made it past Scandinavia. I had the hiccups I had in Germany. I went to Poland, you know, found Eastern Europe. And I was like, man, this is, this is, this is a, I'm doing this thing. Um, it's all coming together. It all makes sense to me. Like I know how to do this now. And man, it was just, it was wonderful to be like, not scared, just fully in control, call myself a writer. I, I knew what I wanted to do and how to do it. And it was just like, it was just clarity. And I just remember like just savoring every bite of that food and looking at the people and just being almost like a sadness being like, I'm excited to go to Austria tomorrow, but I'm actually sad to leave this country which hadn't really happened since Scandinavia. Um, and I was so just just mesmerized at the place I had been and, and the place I was at. Um, and it was just, it was glorious. And, and, and I and I liked, it was just, I look back at that even now, five years later, and just think about how, how amazing it was to cherish that moment so much and realize that it, that it was important for posterity. Like it, in some capacity, I, I was going to write about it and I was going to tell that story for a long time. Um, then we went to, uh, or I, I went to Vienna, Austria the next, the next time. And then I went to a uh, very fast travel, three countries in three days. Um, after that. Um, so yeah, it, Czech Republic, Czechia, it, I mean, it's definitely up there. It was so beautiful. I mean, Poland and Czechia, it's just, I look back at at even the possibility of like being afraid or like being hesitant about going to Eastern Europe and, oh man, like it's going to be scary. And, oh man, there's people over there going to get me. And, um, just, just looking back at that and thinking, what an idiot, like as as long as you're smart, as long, as long as you take precautions, as long as you think about your actions, you know, primarily, primarily travel is, is, is is a mind expanding, wonderful thing. And as, as long as you think about what you're doing, there's there's not a whole lot of danger involved. Um, and Chechnya, just up there with the places that I'm like, if if anyone's like, man, I want to go to Europe, you know, I don't have a whole lot of money, but where where should I go? Chechnya, always go there. Go between Chechnya and Poland if you want to. Those two countries are amazing. They're beautiful. The people are amazing. The sights, the sounds, the food, the drink. The money goes further. Hands down, Chechia is was absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, I I would go back. I would I would absolutely take Alex and me and go with our boy our boys for like a week long trip and and just exploring Chechia. I would stay far away from Prague, and I would just find little towns like Chesky Bodajovic and just just hunker down, you know, get into that get in that culture, have the foods, have the beers, and just like oh man, wonderful. So. Happy Friday the 13th, everybody. Um, it's been a long day, but a good one. Um, I think it's going to keep on storming. So this weather's when I get really creative. I, I, I love when it rains. I love when it storms. I love that darkness. Uh, I, I don't know what that says about my psychology or my psyche, but I love it. So if you uh, weirdos are out there with me and you also like that weather, just enjoy it. Be creative. Do something. Hunker down with a book or whatever you're going to do, but enjoy it. Thanks again.